welcome to uh, episode two of the Headstuff podcast. Um, I didn't really like, uh, it's Alan here again, I didn't really like how I did the intro of the first podcast and so far what I've done on this one, so I invited my friend Mikey along. Hi, how are you doing? So there's Mikey. Um, basically, um, Mikey's going to soften the blow and yeah, we're going to talk uh, a little bit. Alan sent me, or you sent me. Yeah, you're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> the last podcast and uh, it it was just weird and awkward. Oh, and, thanks, Mikey. And, and uncomfortable to listen to. Please, if you haven't listened to it, please. <laughs> now that Mikey's given it that I just felt embarrassed review. for you as a person. Well, some people seem to like it. Yeah, so. no, the bit where you actually talk to someone is fine. It's just... Yeah, yeah, I'm not great at talking to myself, which makes me feel pretty good about my sanity, but not about my um, radio personality or radio ability. Um, so... Anyway, here we are. Uh, we're uh, we're actually recording in the Westland Studios, which is kind of incredible. Kind of like every studio you've seen in a movie yeah. about a rock star. I'm sure Jay Z has been in here before. There's definitely been cocaine all yeah. over this place. <laughs> um, just to describe what we're, what we're in, we're in the actual uh, like the side where the producer would be, and I feel a little bit like I could be flying the International Space Station. How many have you counted? How many knobs and buttons are there, Mikey? Ah, uh, there's at least three billion. Three, three billion <laughs> buttons and <laughs> knobs, and um, I always, uh, I always wonder, like, if you just if you moved one of them, would, would they, they notice? Ever, yeah, would, would anyone would, notice? Would I don't think so. Too? I don't think they'd notice. Kanye West might, because he seems like. A I reckon bit... we're pissing off a lot. <laughs> like anybody who's a sound engineer, right yeah, now. <laughs> probably, and uh, probably because I keep moving closer and further away from the mic as well, which probably isn't a very cool thing to do. But hey, I'm not a professional. I just I'm sitting in the studio. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, the room is. It's a small kind of like a a bunker. When I say small, um, it's probably big for like a producer room. What's this one called? I, Producer room? I don't know what you call it. It's the yeah. room where the guy sits. and It's the room where the guy sits. and Not the room with the famous people. It's, it's well... It's, it's usually where they, they turn the mute button on and yeah, say that yeah. was yeah, terrible. Yeah, do that again. But you always see pictures of, of, of Jay-Z and stuff in this side of the room because to make him look like he's a proper producer. Yeah. <laughs> and he probably is. He probably is. He knows what the knobs all do. If Jay-Z's listened to this. He will be pissed off. Hey, Jay-Z, give us a retweet. <laughs> if you don't mind. I don't think he's on Twitter, is he? Uh, get your wife to give us a retweet. Um, Tell Kanye. So there's yeah, there's two leather couches because everything has to be plush and cool, and the keyboard has loads of uh, symbols and stuff on it, and we can see our voice on a huge Mac screen. In short, um, my voice is much <laughs> wider than your voice. Look at mine in the blue. Yours is the one in the yeah, green. Yeah, right, I get it. I uh, I've got a much sexier voice. Well, see it? You can see the sex appeal on the. <laughs> can you see that? I can see something. I don't know what it is. I think you're just... It, that's sex appeal. Talking too loud. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what that's saying. Um, so, uh, first of all, I suppose we should thank Western Studios for allowing us to be here. Thanks, guys. Um, this is the Josie Long episode of the Headstuff podcast. And um, we we talked to Josie for about a half an hour. Um, it was all we could fit in. And uh, He we, says we. I wasn't I wasn't. I'm not talking about Mikey. I'm talking about me <laughs> and also myself and Josie. And um, and Adam, I would have yeah. liked to be in there. I like Josie, but uh, yeah, Mikey wasn't invited to that. He's invited. not a, He's not to be. Um, not to go near the celebrities. Yes, uh, <laughs> he. We keep him at a, at a distance from those people. That's why we're on this side of the of the glass. Um, 
But I, I, what I did was I gave Mikey a list of all the stuff that I have to say because I am prone to forget. Anyone who's ever had the pleasure of seeing Alan do stand-up comedy back <laughs> in the day will remember <laughs> that he's he's not been great at remembering stuff. Uh, yeah. The, the, like schnitzel. Stuff, yeah. Uh, when we used, you, yeah, we used to run a comedy company called Schnitzel, and every week that we had a girl called Mary Louise got her sing on it, <laughs> and pretty much every week without fail, I forgot to introduce her. <laughs> Not because she wasn't wonderful and a great person, and I wonder where she is, and I hope she's doing really well. Every now and again, I see someone like running uh, a club terribly, and I just have fond memories stream back to me. <laughs> like, I think we ran the club quite well. Yeah. We just should have hired a better MC. Yeah. <laughs> occasionally we got Carl. Sp- well, I say occasionally. Carl Spain was there nearly every week, and occasionally he did. Yeah. S- some of Carl was great. Carl Carl helped us. He 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 pulled us out of a sewer every now and again. Yeah. And then put us right back in. The oh sewer. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, he was uh, as talented as he was. Uh... Evil. Yeah. He's a bit evil. Yeah. He, what he would do was, um, he, like, I, I, you know, I owe a lot to Carl. He, he kind of gave me my start in the, in the comedy world, which really skyrocketed. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he, um, he also did it's his very best to take the career. piss out of me as much as he could. My, my painting career is I on was, sabbatical at the moment and I could get back to it at any <laughs> moment. The same as my comedy career. I was literally telling someone today that, uh, and I, as I tell people often <laughs> when, when talking about fine art, that I have a friend who is a higher degree in art than I do. Yes. Yet, literally cannot draw. I can draw. Paint. I can draw and paint. You definitely can't paint. You I can probably draw. Probably can't paint. Like you I can got draw, through not four well. years. Look, I don't fucking draw every day in my job. All right, Mikey. So why don't you? I can draw. <laughs> you got a master's in bullshit. That's uh... yeah. But you're putting it to good use at the moment. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, you will you describe the room we're in, and you have to use your words, not your cute little drawings. <laughs> well, I'm not going to use my cute little drawings <laughs> on a podcast. Well, I don't know. Um, so yeah. What? what well, I won't like? fucking trail on forever. It's a nice room. There's shitloads of knobs. It looks very intimidating. Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of the knobs. Oh yeah, I guess that, that was good. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it's cool, isn't it? I kind of, I'm fairly comfortable in here, um, and I can't hear anything other than us. Yeah, that is actually weird. I know um, it's like against all the rules, like the radio silence thing. But let's be silent for a minute and let's see if anybody can hear anything. Nothing. Nothing. Amazing. Uh, what else am I supposed to say? That's on the uh, so you have to say iTunes and SoundCloud you yeah said, I, I think I might say all that at the end though Okay. so actually enough. that whole list is probably stuff I'm supposed to say at the end yeah, like Twitter you know listen Facebook. to us on iTunes but you're probably on iTunes right now uh, do you want to thank anybody up front no um, except for like Alwyn Walker who is part of the ADK music group and Western Studios and he is the person who set all this up for us and let us record this little intro because uh, Adam the producer couldn't make it on the off chance that people found this podcast without going through the website, do you want to tell? Oh yeah, yeah. The <laughs> website is called headstuff.org. Um, what the, is it? The oh god, explain it to me. What oh, what does the website do? I can't do it. Is it a blog? It's a blog, isn't it? It's, it's a blog. Uh, according blog to all the awards we keep winning, it's yeah. a blog. <laughs> just go one. on your little blogger sphere and <laughs> post little blogs. <laughs> do that in the toilet. Uh, like, you're in advertising. <laughs> you're supposed to make it look good. The, Just a little the, blog you do at home in your bedroom. <laughs> the website called headstuff.org is where the podcast is an offshoot, I suppose, of the website. Uh, 
and this is episode two of the podcast. It's a cute um, little thing you do. <clears throat> <laughs> it's adorable, really. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> like he's never coming on the podcast ever again. Um, it's what is it? It's it's about culture. It's it about, is about finding good content on the internet. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes you yeah. click on an article that starts with. She sang, and what happened next, dot, dot, yeah, dot. Yeah, oh, I hate those, yeah. So You'll never believe that. what happened next. Yeah, what happened the next. The heart-stopping moment when. Brought me to tears. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what you'll not. see in this video. Yeah, all of that. That's not what we do. The top ten toilets in cinema. Yep. Oh, uh, no well, way. <laughs> well, no. Well, no. That was for World Toilet Day, <laughs> which is a real day and credible, and people don't have toilets, and people need toilets. Yeah, this is true. Um, okay, so that was a good but thing. But other, to do. like, also, yeah, yeah. that was a very good article by Peter Morris, the uh, film editor. And everybody should appreciate the article for what, for Train Spotting appears. So you've 140 uh, contributors. We actually were, I think we're coming up on 150 contributors now, um, which is good. Um, so people should keep contributing. And uh, how do we know each other, Alan? <laughs> How do we know each other? What's we... this? What's this connection here? Why am I here? Um, why are you asking me questions? I should be asking you. I'm the host. Um, I, we we went to um, our college together in Limerick, where I got a very good degree in painting, and you got a slightly less good degree in design, uh, which is which you're using now, and I'm yeah. not. Fair enough. Um, but uh, yeah, we met in uh, in college. We didn't live together as such, but well, I did yeah. kind of live in your house a little bit. Um, much of the space was shared. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the space was shared. I had a large walk-in wardrobe in my apartment. Yeah. And I did everything else in your apartment. Not just because of you, because I had other friends there as well. There was yeah. five people there and they were all my friends. And some of them still are. Yeah. So that's good. Hi, Mark. Oh, Mark. <laughs> oh, I, I wish Mark. If Mark, if you're listening to yeah. this, you're more than likely not on Twitter. So get on it and then send us a tweet or something. Uh, oh, anybody can send us a tweet at this head stuff. That's the Twitter handle at. That was very professional right there. Did you like that? <laughs> what about when I'm explaining <laughs> it, it after? Is totally out of character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can tweet at us. So uh, tweet at us. And, um, you know, we're on Facebook and you can send us a message to the email, to the, mm -hmm. to the website. Um, and yeah, so we, we, we became friends in college and what did we do? We did At a lot some of stuff point, together. you had a notebook that you were writing things down. Yeah, in. we talked about this in the first episode. Yeah. I don't know if people want to keep hearing about this, but yeah, basically I was writing jokes and then Mikey said I should do comedy. Mikey told me I should be a world-beating comedian <laughs> and I pulled it off greatly Yeah, until I got bored with the paparazzi and decided to stop and to, uh, to go a little bit inside myself and just make a blog for my bedroom. Essentially, though, it is the basis of our friendship. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of other things. But well, in fairness, I tried to get you to play basketball and you went Yeah. <laughs> so, there's that. We all know where my athletic skills uh, start and stop. And I'm by, I say we all, I mean you. They stop nobody and start else. very closely together. Yeah. <laughs> like, basically, after they start, they stop immediately. Well, table tennis is yep. athletic. Athletic. <laughs> it is what it is, I suppose. Um... And I saw a cool, I saw a video where there's a robot, a guy made a yeah. robot, did you see that? T-Mobile or whatever. Oh, it was an ad? Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Everything's an ad. Why is everything an ad? This, this, is your, this right you now your is an advertisement. Uh, Mikey has no soul and um, he sells, uh, he makes, basically what he does is he sells food to fat people and makes them fatter 
and he makes poor kids, people slightly not just poorer. people to kids to kids yeah he sells to kids gotta get them eating those sugary <laughs> cereal uh, shan't you, name any you, brands how do you feel about the how, how your life is going so far I'm pretty pretty happy with it to be yeah. honest honestly I think souls just hold you back yeah, yeah that's probably <laughs> true I really think like people can achieve a lot more if they stop <laughs> thinking morally <laughs> and just do stop thinking about it yeah just go out and do that thing that's in your head. Yeah, well, that's that's basically my whole thing is just if you've got an idea, you should do it. And that's how a lot of the stuff that I'm doing uh, has has started and got to where it is. However, absolutely none of it has ever made me any money ever. Yeah, that's where we differ. Yeah. So what you do is you think about something and then mm, you get a job. how I can attach money. money to that, <laughs> that thing that I just thought of. <laughs> Yeah, you think That's of something. That's a good idea. You think what you do is you think of something relatively cool, and then you get somebody to pay you to do something a little bit different. Also, I feel like I should at this point specify that I, I work in advertising. I know we may have we kind of said it, but we didn't. I'm an art director in advertising. For anybody who doesn't plug, know, plug, 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 <laughs> always working. Um, so uh, this episode is I, I might have said before it's the Josie Long episode, and. Um, She's just a, a brilliant comedian. Yeah. Uh, so, when, what's your first? Do you, when, do you remember your first uh, time hearing about Josie Long? Uh, it was the first year we, me, you, Anna, Kate, and Jessica, all college people, all went and stayed and lived in Edinburgh for a summer, and that's when I think we came. Oh, you? Sorry, yeah, because you were in the Edinburgh mm. during your brief stint as a comedian. You were in the Edinburgh Fringe during Festival. My brief, and very successful stint as a comedian. Yeah. Sorry, what was that? And she was doing a show over there, and yeah. she had a little, uh, I say a little in, in not a, a patronizing tone, but she, she had a zine that she was giving, and yeah. I remember coming across that. Um, so she did a show, and she had like a little magazine, kind of cartoon, comic-y thing. Yeah, and, which has uh, a very funny name, which I can't remember right now. And Maeve, who you knew at the time, did you? Well, was she there the first year? Maybe. No, she wasn't. Okay. No. I don't think so. Um, that was the next year we went over, maybe. I don't know. We've been to Edinburgh. I've been myself for yeah. the Fringe five times. Like, yeah, maybe I think six. I was there three or four times, three times. So um, yeah, we came across her then and like the Fringe Festival. She won Festival. the Fringe Festival Newcomer Award that year, I think. That's true. Yep. Um, and that was kind of like an introduction to all, like cause that, that year, basically we, we were in, into comedy and you were performing a little bit. That yep. year we went over there and saw all these great shows and we had this idea. What have we brought like a comedy club to to Limerick that there had... There was one in Limerick and we didn't like it. Yeah, no. Yeah. Was, they had fairly good guests, like, but they never yeah, got a crowd in. They had there was, there was that one and then there was the other one. Remember the other one with the crazy guy? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. was a couple of... Let's not go into that one. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not bring that up. Um, there was a couple of ones that I... We yeah, just... We weren't... Yeah. A, like, they were very formulaic and they they, yeah. they had two acts and then a headline and... They the, were made... They were without love. Yeah, and we had all these ideas of what have we had? Oh, Cookies my God. Remember the day we came up with the ideas? Holy shit, that was crazy. Yeah. It was, like, a lot of ideas. If we had pulled off all of that stuff... It would still be the best comedy club ever to have happened, <laughs> but we did put we off did some most. of it. Like we had, yeah, the, we did the cookies and milk at the break. We came up with the team tune for it, yeah, which was Blue Orchid by the White Stripes. We had no royalties Can't to that. What? Don't worry. <laughs> Jack White would be cool with that. He'd he, we're on the level. Um, he uh, or or that. I still can't hear that song without thinking. Oh, I have to get on stage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was like. <laughs> Mikey would put on the song at some point and I'd be somewhere and then I'd go, oh my God, and then I'd run up onto the stage and forget to introduce Mary Louise. Um, I was bad And at everything that. went from there. Everything went south until we brought yeah. on the first act, 
Yeah. Um, but but the was, was good. Yeah, it was, it was lovable. Good. It had its charm. It people, had a charm. People either hated Alan or they liked him. Yeah. <laughs> and no, uh, there was no love for me. <laughs> I usually got away pretty easy because I yeah. just I sat to the side and occasionally I would be in a video staring the two of us. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, we came across her over there and she was, I don't know, maybe the second year of running the comedy club we got her over. Because uh, it was the first year. I we, think it might have been the third year. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, the first year we, we, everybody was very much Irish, weren't they? Uh, the first year was pretty, yeah. yeah. So we stuck to people that we knew in, in Ireland. Yeah, and then it started um, Carl Spain, then Ruben, then Colin McDonald. Was then Carl wasn't first, was he? Carl was first. Was he? Okay, yeah, you're right. Carl, uh, Carl McDonald, Ruben, Colin McDonald, uh, Andrew Stanley and Damo Clark. Didn't and I then we, we had three sellout shows and then moved venue. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> we had for sellout, moved venue, yeah. <laughs> and then struggled for three years. <laughs> then we went to, what was it, Toman Park was our next venue. Then we had to take a step back. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but we, we had to move venue. The first venue we were in was closing down, wasn't it? Uh, or something was happening. Yeah, it was. It closed it was down. Closing we were in Riddlers and it closed down. Um, so then we, we moved we to, to Baker's. Baker's. Yeah. And it still went well. It was very good. It was a very good comedy club. Uh, we had great guests. We did. We had, because I remember counting this up recently. We had this. Oh shit, I don't know. I was about to say 60, of, but number? that sounds less than we had. 60? Yeah, do we have more? Not all headliners, though. We didn't have 60 headliners. Well, we had. Uh, well, well, maybe look, it was 60 who, shows or something the, like that. Yeah, maybe it was 60 shows. But we, we did, did we it definitely a lot. had some. Because I counted the posters, which I I designed. Plug. Yeah, we got lows printed each time, though. <laughs> <laughs> so 60 is not right. <laughs> uh, who was the best guest we had, do you think? Uh, was it the obvious uh, one? Yeah. I, I, Daniel Kitson? Yeah. Yeah, that was, so. that was pretty great. That was amazing because um, he was our hero and he doesn't really perform that regularly and everybody wanted him to play. Not here anyway. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah he d- he does he does a lot of shows in England yeah. but they sell out almost immediately. Yeah. Like, in the years that I've been the Fringe, before announcing his show or advertising his show, it goes, out, it gets yeah. out sold out and it's really frustrating because I'd love to see one of them. Did Josie was one of the best as well. Yeah. Josie and Josie's actually, that was uh, my birthday. Oh, uh, right. That's, no, that's not right. It was. I'm pretty sure no, it was. No, it wasn't. It was Rag Week. Oh, was it Rag yeah. Week? Your birthday's in December. Oh, okay. So something else was your birthday. Because I got up, on, I was on stage that night for the first time in that stupid costume. Uh, what I stupid my, costume? The fucking white. Oh, the rave. Are you yeah, sure it was? That was Rag Week because we rag? had... Oh, it was, it was, it was, it yeah. was. You're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But that was a deadly, that was a deadly night. And we talk about that, Josie and myself talk about that in the episode. Yeah, she just... Afterwards, stuck around and yeah, partied on all in, in on the rave. It was very odd. Yeah, she was great, crack. I had just seen her on Skins, which was massive at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. I never uh, watched Skins. I'm sure she was great. In it. She wrote to, for Skins. Did you not watch? That? We used to all like in college when it was on. We'd all go back to the apartment and yeah. No, I was out doing cool things. Yeah, sure. yeah. having the sex. <laughs> Probably, I'd, I'd like I can't, <laughs> I can't neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> Should we shout out to all our exes now or? <laughs> We should probably uh, move on very quickly <laughs> and introduce the first episode. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that brings There's a load up. of numbers on this big screen here, and I don't know what number uh, yeah. is the time that we've I don't know done. how long we've been talking. No, um, but I think we've probably talked for long enough. Yeah, um, I think people are... So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say uh, thank you, Mikey, for being here and saying hello and everything. And um, 
now just listen to the Josie Long episode. She's wonderful. She's absolutely fantastic. She's a great comedian. She's a great writer. She's an she's a great actress. She's she's now she's working on a feature film. Um, she makes zines. She's very crafty. She's very intelligent. She's political. She's political, and her latest show is very personal, and it's brilliant. We saw it the night that I interviewed her, and it's called. Uh, Cara oh, Josephine. Cara Josephine, yeah. And if if it's playing near you, go and see it because it's, it's wonderful. Great. Like it's, yeah, it's, an, it's the best I've seen her. It's an hour that interweaves and all comes together in the end, yeah, which I love seeing. Yeah. I love seeing an yeah, hour yeah. that starts somewhere. She thought about it. That's what she did. She thought yeah, about it. She put some, she put some time that. in and she made a show. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, if you can if you can see her, go and see her. Um, okay, I think that's it. This is uh, episode two of the Headstuff podcast with Josie Long. Josie Long, thank you very much for coming on the uh, Headstuff podcast. Uh, really appreciate the short amount of time you have. It's my pleasure. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's our pleasure more. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we've 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 actually met a few times before. Yes, uh, I used to run a comedy club, and, and you actually did. You did that comedy club in Limerick. Yeah, I remember it really well. It was, yeah. that was probably about seven years ago, I think. Seven years yeah, ago, maybe. Yeah, maybe around two thousand and eight. It was right. No, you're about right. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it was really fun because we all went out afterwards. Yeah. And there was like an organised nightclub, but it was called a rave. And I remember <laughs> thinking, that's technically not a rave, but it was really fun. Yeah, well, we tried to organise a rave in a nightclub, which, which was the thing. It was our college, so we could kind of get away with whatever we wanted. But It was brilliant. It, it was. It was really fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I thought I had the pictures, but I didn't. But what I did was I, I searched through my, my friend's Facebook feed and I found them. I want to show them to you to see if... They ring a bell. Oh, wow. I look so pleased. <laughs> it doesn't. I don't remember it at all. No. Also, I like the fact I'm just wearing like scruffy clothes as yeah. I normally wear. Yeah. And everyone else looks really cool and like glamorous. Yeah, we're oh, in neon wow. though. Look at my belly. What is that about? A terrible, terrible belly in that picture. <laughs> I can't even see you it now. Look, you look so cool. <laughs> so <laughs> young. Look so I know, young. I know. Those are incredible. Do you want to, do you want to describe the picture? <laughs> um, yeah, well, so everyone has uh, neon face paint on. And I'm pulling like a face where I think I'm just like being all cool. You guys have kind of neon sunglasses. You're wearing neon braces. Yeah. But you've also got like a kind of clockwork orange vibe going yeah, on. Like yeah. all white long the johns, johns yeah. and stuff. But it kind of works. Like it works. You guys look cool. Yeah, it was what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, it's good. I'm not sure if we told you beforehand that there was going to be a rave afterwards. I don't know <laughs> how prepared you were. But. No, but I mean, that's why I'm like wearing scruffy clothes. But I was so into it. It was great. Yeah. It's really rare because quite often with with me, I like, like especially if you're gigging every night, you just can't drink every night and you just can't. You have to like mm. be really disciplined. Otherwise your shows aren't good enough or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So like sometimes it's so nice to be like, Let's bloody go out. I just bet. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible human being. No. <laughs> but it's good to be like, let's go out. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was, it was 2008, I think. And um, you were doing that show, oh, that I should know the name of now. Um, if it was 2008, it would have either been Trying is Good or All of the Planet's Wonders shown in detail. It was that one, I think. Yeah, ah. yeah. Uh, because you had the poster where you were looking at the... At the stars? Uh, yes, yeah. So that could have been 2009. This is bleak, <laughs> but I can tell by my weight that it was probably 2009. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay, Not I... bleak. <laughs> yeah. Bleak as fuck. Just because I remember in 2009 I put on a bit of weight. So. Okay, right. Well, so I, I can't do that because so I've been a straight line my whole <laughs> life. I, See, you haven't no. got these like little mountains to look at, this landscape. I haven't changed since the day I was born. <laughs> 
uh, not for lack of trying. But you just uh, need some dramatic haircuts, so you can yeah. be like, "Oh, that was 2015." Yeah, my hair is quite long mobile. there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like it's like combed back or something. <laughs> but um, but so you've you've been you've been very busy anyway. You're you're a very prolific worker. Oh, um, thank you. I've, that's very nice that that's how I seem. Because in my head, I'm like, you should be doing more always. No, yeah. no. Well, mm. I hope you don't take offence to this, but. I went through your uh, Wikipedia page, you know, just a bit of light research. <laughs> it kind of reads like a person who might be dead. Um, and that's what I mean by don't be offended in that you've done so much in that it seems like, you know, the people that their whole life has just been crammed with loads of different shows and doing films and books and podcasts. And yours is really crammed. Oh, thanks. Well, I feel pretty small scale, though. It's not like yeah. I created Microsoft or anything <laughs> like that, you know, like no. doing the old gig or whatever. I, I, um, I don't ever look at my Wikipedia page because a few years ago there was like this really weird time when people would put up like weird lies about me on there <laughs> like it was like once she murdered a horse and I was like I didn't I never murdered a horse and then there was another time where someone was like after a series of uneasy outbursts Josie Long was forced to leave the stage after a child was crying because of her gig it was like this weird line that was just not true or yeah, real that doesn't and, sound like you yeah uh, no and I was like and I'm not allowed to edit this so I was like we're done Wikipedia you and me I'm just gonna look at yeah the Republic of Nauru for example <laughs> I remember when I when there was a first Wikipedia page about me it was kind of exciting because I was in no way I just had done one thing and someone put up a Wikipedia page and I was like I, I made it it's nice and <laughs> you then know? you're like it's almost like Oh, I'm not. I'm not going to die because look, yeah. how can I get? How can I get yeah. murdered or something? It's right there. Yeah, I'm yeah. safe. Yeah, <laughs> but pretty much the only thing on my Wikipedia page was like Alan Bennett is an Irish comedian from Limerick, which I'm not from Limerick. And <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> and then one one reviewer one reviewer uh, described him as an act that has quirky ideas and never go anywhere. So basically one oh. bad review and then that's all that's on Wikipedia. Oh, thanks, about me. thanks Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sometimes it likes to out people's boyfriends or girlfriends as well. Oh, like right, comedians yeah. I know yeah. like, their partner is this. And it's like, guys, <laughs> chill out, encyclopedia. Yeah. yeah. And then just recently I found somebody had obviously lifted the information from Wikipedia and put it with a picture of me on a different website. Oh, But it wasn't out. a picture of me, it was a picture of Alan Bennett, <laughs> the famous English playwright. <laughs> is that a thing that you're at peace with now? That you've got I the don't name know. of somebody I still famous? don't know what to do. <laughs> if I should change it, if I shouldn't change it. I know somebody called Philip Larkin, not Philip Larkin. Yeah, obviously. right. And there's Will Smith, there's two, yeah, Dave, two, two David Mitchells. Oh, two yeah. David Mitchells, and yeah. they're both doing very well for themselves. And, and, and quite different, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You've got uh, a long, like, he's got a long lead on you at the moment. Yeah. Like, so it seems now he's done all this stuff, whatever, but he's like 80 years old. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And by the time you're 80, you, you will have far eclipsed him. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> I really doubt it. <laughs> Definitely in England where he's like a national treasure. That is true. You're going to have to work hard to be an international treasure. Yeah, that's not going to be easy. And definitely when I first kind of came across him and I was very interested in, in being a stand-up and, you know, doing Edinburgh and all, as, as everyone thinks about at the start, um, which I never actually followed up on. But he's like, you know, Mr. Beyond the Fringe and mm. he's all like just his name is synonymous with it in a way. But did that not make you feel like it's my destiny? Um, made me feel pissed off. My parents didn't know that he was already famous and that I wanted to be a comedian when I grew up, um, which I only discovered when I was about 19. So, you know, <laughs> <Harsh>. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't necessarily their fault. Um, but 
I'm very I'm very interested in uh, creativity and mm-hmm. and how people do it. Um, everything I've ever really wanted to do has been something creative, mm-hmm. even though that changes a bit. Um, and that's the same with you. I think you you started comedy when you were fourteen. Yeah, I've been doing comedy just really since just after I hit puberty really so it's like <laughs> my entire adult life and you're actually gigging and doing gigs yeah I was yeah 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 sort of at, at the start it was little gigs um near where I lived and then I started doing gigs wider in London just adult gigs proper gigs although the gigs I started out doing were just kind of like workshop showcases but it was adults and me right um, but I recently watched a video of some gigs of mine from when I was about 15 and I just found it bafflingly awful right. i was watching it like i don't un- like because they weren't deafs like people were laughing but i was genuinely thinking like i don't understand why people would laugh right. this is terrible. right yeah and it was a really weird thing to be like oh all the people who hate me are right like, <laughs> i can see it and in 10 years i'll be watching myself now yeah. being like this is bafflingly terrible that's you know? a bit of a scary thought isn't yeah, it, it was weird. if you're definitely if you're working on something that's a, a long project like mm. you're working on something for a couple of years and you think right now you, you have to think it's good mm. or else you kind of wouldn't be trying so hard mm. but if you think in, in five or ten years that it's going to be awful in your own opinion that's terrifying yeah, it's tricky yeah but it's funny too because like i to begin with, I was really, really, every time I wrote an hour-long show, I was I felt this vital connection to all of them and it just felt really like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, yeah. this is the best thing I've ever done and I'm proud of it. And I think now I'm a little bit more like, what's the word, sort of a little bit less um, sure of anything like that creatively. Like now I'm just like, oh, I've written a lot of shows. I'm sure some weren't as good as I thought they were. And like, <laughs> oh, I'll just try and I'll put yeah. it out there and hope for the best. Like I'm yeah. a little bit less like, this is God's work I'm doing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I think that's kind of a, it's kind of a young person saying, I suppose, isn't it? To be yeah. kind of, it's just confident, but it's great because you wouldn't have, maybe you wouldn't have got through it if you didn't have that confidence. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And it's a, it's a funny thing, like, because I'm definitely so much more confident on stage now and, I would say that my voice is a little more assured and the project I work projects that I work on are bigger mm. and kind of tend to sort of be hopefully more likely to come to completion and stuff like that. But at the same time, nothing beats like my first year of doing a stand-up show right. on my own. Like just how fated and wonderful it felt to me, yeah. like how important and special and just like... And, how completely linked in with it I was. Yeah, like I wasn't, I was yeah. unexamined, you know, it was just yeah. like, this is it and this is the best thing I could possibly write and it's important that I'm doing it now. And yeah. And do you remember your very first gig? I remember my first gig, yeah, but that was sort of, oh God, that would have been about 10 years before my first, like, how oh, my first gig was, um, well, no, I don't remember my actual first, first gig because that would have been at a workshop somewhere. Right. Oh, so you uh, did workshops and things when you were, okay. Yeah, where you sort of performed in front of a few people. At yeah, this thing, yeah. Art centre. But my first kind of proper gig was in um, East Dulwich Tavern when I was 15 years old. Wow. It was fun. I, yeah, well, I yeah. don't really remember being on stage. I just remember the adrenaline. And stuff yeah, like yeah, yeah. But it's funny too because I sort of only really see myself the stuff that the stuff that I've done as being like work or relevant or part of like 
which makes me me since about 2005, really. Because right. I think that was when I started writing longer sets that weren't yeah. trying to be a 20-minute set. They yeah, were trying yeah. to be like my set and my show yeah. and stuff like that. So that's when I sort of feel like I started properly trying to develop something. And that was, that was the first year you went to Edinburgh? It was 2006. Right. Okay. Uh, but 2005, I did half an hour with someone in Edinburgh. Oh, okay. And the first year I went to Edinburgh was... 1999 to do competitions right and it was me and david o'doherty okay and we were like f fighting each other because in one i came first and he came second uh -huh. and in the other one he came sec first and i came second but okay. and the competition that he won in the long term has been more prestigious than the one yes. i won so that was that was so you think you're funny yeah and the other one was the, the, the bbc yeah yeah and so i'm always a bit like I feel like I've been fucked over by fate because he's always like, oh, who won the, who won the, so you think you're funny? And then I go online to try and find like a web page that's like 1999 BBC and there's no record of it anywhere. So Yeah. No, and that, that award stopped soon after I think did it or no, well, a few years. It's actually back again. Oh, it's back. So you can stop that. It's a prestigious <laughs> award. I just I know because when I was doing those, I did say think you're funny, but the BBC one I don't think was around that yeah, year. Yeah, it did have a little hiatus, I yeah. should call it. It yeah. had a period of... So I basically don't care about the BBC no, comedy award. No, does. No. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah, Very but sad. I look at David Lardy as an idol because he won the same see, one. <laughs> you see this? You see this? If I could have, I could have done that. Yeah. Instead, relegated <laughs> to second place. <laughs> well, second is, is obviously silver, dirty silver. I, I don't, I don't know. Second place is uh, I like, I like some of the people who have come second over the years. Some of them have done a lot better than the people who have won it. I think. But then it's it's funny with things like that because you know yeah. what's doing well. Yeah, you know? I know it's what's success in this life. Yeah, <laughs> just trying, yeah. trying not to go crazy, it trying really not to die. Way. Yeah, but in in many you've you've done pretty much a show a year since then. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great. That's a great output. Oh, thanks. Um, um, it's funny. <clears throat> I've done a lot of touring. Yeah. Um, but then the other year I sort of wrote these short films. Yes. And I've been, I'm writing a. I've written a screenplay and we're hoping to make that in June. Yeah, I'm interested to hear about that. Yeah. Well, um, it was basically I've been really wanting to. Write, for years, I'd wanted to make a short film, but. It just never really come together and I sort of hadn't met a director that I wanted to work with and right. I sort of never made it like a real practical thing. And then a few things happened. So like in 2011, I, did, I had a big breakup with somebody and it really spun me out. And right. I sort of wanted, I thought that that might be a thing I could talk about. And then in 2012, I wrote a show that had little elements of that in the stand-up of it. Oh, no. I'm getting ahead of myself. In 2011, right. at the end of 2011, I met <coughs> this guy Doug, who's my director now. Yes. And we Doug we were at King. this yeah yeah Doug right. King. Yeah. We were at this um, uh, festival in Newcastle. Uh, I was doing some anti-privatisation stand-up, and he was doing like a directed video of it to do. It was all for my friend's art installation. And afterwards, we went out for dinner, and me and Doug were the only people who were like. We're gonna get some meat instead of a vegetarian meal, which is so crass. But then we like sat and we had a really big chat, and we've both been through really kind of sad breakups that had yeah. spun us out a bit. And um, we just decided to um, to try and work on a no, that wasn't even that then. So we were like chatting, and I was like, "We'll stay in touch, whatever." And then I just thought, "Fuck it," um, I, I got a really good hunch about him, and I rang him and I was like, "Hey, do you want to make a short film for me?" And he was like, "Yeah." Sure. Great. And so we started working on the script and then a month later we made it like five days shoot. We got this whole crew involved up in Glasgow and kind of made it for about 500 quid, 700 cool. quid, which was brilliant. And yeah. 
then we loved it so much that a few months later we did the same thing again. Like we yeah. workshopped the script, I wrote it, and then a month later we made it. Really? And then we toured them both around, around cinemas a couple of years ago. Yeah. And then basically ever since then we've been developing this feature. Like right. Working it's a whole on the different challenge. Yes. Yeah. It's been really odd. I've never worked on any creative project in terms of the creating of it for this long, right. ever. I mean, it's basically going to be two years in the summer yeah. that we will have been working on yeah. it. Yeah, I know how that feels. so long. Yeah. I, I, I can't believe it. Like, yeah. with stand-up, you know, sometimes, you know, gestation period will be like two months right. when you're doing it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And so it's and, full on. And, and I've never like like edited so much. Do you feel like you're in it? Like, uh, I, I know from writing, I, I'm also working on a long project as well. And I know that sometimes I feel like when I look at things, I don't look at them for myself. I look at them for the main character. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. But then that's the problem is with stand-up as well. You've always got that in your head. Yeah. Like yesterday, something happened to me. Oh, yesterday I was on the... No, this morning I was on the train. God, my brain. <laughs> this morning I was on the train. Right. And a guy opposite me had an iPhone and he had a folder called Sport for all of his apps about sport. <laughs> That fucking blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, there are people on this earth who like sport. Yeah. That much they've got a fucking folder of apps. Like they haven't got one app. Yeah. yeah. Like 10, 50, 10 apps telling you that it was 2-1 last night. Yeah. And I was like, this, we're through the rabbit hole now. But I was like, that that was sort of, I couldn't just enjoy that as an experience. I had to go, yeah. oh, maybe say yeah. that's the throwaway line. On the, yeah, there's a few minutes in there. Yeah. yeah. But I think with the film, it's been interesting because when I'm redrafting it, it's my whole life. And then I think it's like a rebellion thing. I give the draft in and then I'm like, no, not going to think about it <laughs> for like a month. Yeah. I'm going to ignore it. Yeah, and that's yeah. quite nice. What are you working? So you're working on a novel? Yes. Yeah. And it was actually, you know, when you're, when you're writing a novel, there's these periods where you have to send it off to somebody to try and get some feedback, mm -hmm. an agent or a publisher or something like that. And it can take about three months. Mm. Um, and it was during one of those periods that I built the website um, and that's where that came out of um, and then I got the feedback which was really positive but I kind of had a bit more work to do you know and now all of a sudden I'm trying to juggle a novel and a website and the website got bigger than I thought it would um, so yeah I'm like I'm a little bit kind of I suppose creatively stunted by the website but at the same time it's going to really help in the long run I think do you know what I mean yeah well it's really tricky I think when you're working on loads of different distinct types of yeah. project yeah but at the same time i sort of feel like that is the key to being happy and yeah. like hustling a long career in this sort of thing because if you d you know if i was just doing stand-up shows i would feel resentful of them and i would feel a bit like i had nothing substantial of yeah. mine for posterity and yeah and also like just not everything can go into one medium you've got yeah that's that, true yeah and it, it's nice to always be kind of mucking around with lots of different projects i think yeah and it's probably why because I, I stopped doing comedy as well um and maybe it's because i was putting too much into it you know mm. maybe like maybe i was thinking comedy and that's the only thing and everything i do has to be for comedy yeah but then when i started writing i started writing short stories and then i started writing a novel like an earlier novel that is never going to see the light of day <laughs> but it was a good practice and it, it was when i started doing these other things that i realized it's not all for stand-up i like other things yeah and i actually prefer writing you know um and I also love, you know, films. So we made some short videos, me and my friend, and things like that. And now I'm making podcasts. That's good. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's what it is. I think it, something moves on to something else. Yeah, totally. Um, and I was wondering that about you. Does do you find that there's a process for moving from one thing to another? So you've done zines, comedy, podcasts, films. You know, I think um, 
So I think it's weird with me because with stand-up, I did find it first and it's just mm -hmm. so integral to me yep. and I did just love it from the off and I think it's never going to be something that I'm going to put down. Right. I think I'm always going to be doing it even if I take the odd year off from writing a show. I just love it and I think without it, I feel like there's something very, very fundamental missing from my life. Like it, It's like a real outlet for me and yeah. I, I love that. But like everything else yeah it sort of comes and goes my enthusiasm for things waxes and wanes and like so i was making zines and i've been trying to make a zine for years to like keep up with mm -hmm. the ones that i've made and i've actually got one that i've still not uploaded or sent out to people that's about three years old <laughs> but i um i just for some reason have no ideas for zines no ideas that are right for zines i cannot make one right. for the life of me it's absolutely crazy it's very frustrating so i just haven't been able to do that for a while but mm. then in in the meantime, I've been doing a column in the Guardian newspaper in the UK, which is like a little cartoon. Right. And I've been doing that for about two and a half years. Possibly more than that, actually, because I was... Oh, gosh. No. <laughs> four years? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be four years in the summer. No, that's crazy. <laughs> so Maybe three years. Is it weekly? It's monthly, thank God. Monthly. Well, it's every five weeks now, so that's okay. pretty good. So, do that. so I've been doing that, so I feel like maybe some of that stuff's gone in there. And with the films, I definitely always wanted to act and do more acting, but it's only now that it feels like it's coming together in a way that really works for me. Right. And, um, yeah, I'm always just seeking to try out new things. But I was thinking it's funny because, like I say, the things that I'm working on now tend to be like it's like a screenplay of a feature-length film mm -hmm. or like I'm trying to pitch a TV show. It's like a show. And it's actually, in a way, it's quite um, a shame because when I was sort of 10 years ago, all the things I would work on were so little and there yeah. were so many of them. So I'd be like, I'm drawing a two-page comic. I'm <laughs> doing a big picture. And it, and in a way, that's actually a lot more grass grassroots. That's, it's a lot more like basic creativity that is very fulfilling. Because if you just are like, today I'm going to set out to draw a picture and you can do it and it's an achievable goal yeah. and you've done something. And yeah, yeah. I think with creativity, I think it's important to kind of practice creativity just in a really silly way that isn't associated with something pressurised or a big yeah. big goal or a big project. Yeah, because that's actually something else I wanted to ask you about. If there, Do you feel like you have a routine or a kind of a structure to your being creative or does that kill the creativity? Or um. Well, it's funny. It's just funny because I have to, I have to create projects myself. So, yeah, like yeah. with the screenplay, it stems from the fact that I decided to make the short films, and then we decided we we're going to try and make a screenplay and stuff like that. So, I have to kind of get arbitrary deadlines set in. If you can hear this, this is people setting up for the gig that I'm about to do upstairs. That's your 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 whole backing band is setting up. <laughs> sound oh checking. My God, I wish I had a backing band. It would be so good. Just write it into your next show. Oh my God, I will. <laughs> I hundred percent will. But I just try and I try my hardest to sort of take time to kind of experiment and play and research and find things out and do things that are nothing to do with what I'm doing. Right. Just to sort of punctuate my imagination and just kind of yeah. keep the playfulness to it and keep yeah. the sense that like. You're not just doing boring work, you're doing something you love. Yeah. It just sometimes is hard. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, I really want to get more more things like that in my life really. Like I um I really want to um do more like making things with my hands. I used to do a lot yeah, of that, yeah. like crafting Crafty and stuff. stuff. Yeah. And I just don't anymore. And I think it's so useful, it's so powerful mm. to be able to like make clothes or make objects that you need. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice to be able to just kind of make everything that you need, wouldn't it? And you don't yeah, ever need to go to the shop. And it will all be how you liked it. Or yeah. like a bad version of what you thought yeah. you might like. 
except for it's hard to get things instantly. The convenience. Oh, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's like you don't ever know that you need a jumper in a month's time. So you better yeah, start knitting also, now. <laughs> a jumper takes fucking ages. The amount of times I tried to start a jumper and then got like a little band as big as a waist. Yeah. No, but I'll start with the body bit. Okay. And the body bit's the worst because you're like, oh, f- get fucked. <laughs> like a wrist cuff is fine. That yeah. takes like... Or like a headband. Right, yeah. You do that in a couple of hours and you're like, yeah, made a thing. <laughs> yeah. A jumper, you're like, oh, fuck whoever I'm making this for. <laughs> so you just stop halfway through and yeah. it's, it's, it's a scarf. Unraveling. <laughs> yeah. Out of I'm rage. making a scarf. Yeah. And do you ever have down days where you're like, oh, I can't be creative and you just need yeah, to go and do something? What, what are you doing? do you doing? Do you listen to music? Do you go to a museum? Do you walk in the park? Do you... Um, well, quite often, like what I've sort of sadly learned about getting to do because I absolutely love the fact that I think I'm very very privileged in the world to get to do what I love for a living like it's really rare yeah and the only thing I've found out about it that's like oh shit they never tell you this is that you are effectively like a small business person and you're so (laughs) on days you feel like you can't write you do your admin and you do your tedious crap that you have to do and there's always like you always have to wash your clothes or something, you know? Like, you always got That's to clean a work yeah. surface or, you know, your room is untidy. So I do that sort of thing. And also I'm studying some maths. I'm doing kind of maths that 18-year-olds do right. uh, as a hobby. And I really love doing that because it's not okay. creative. It's just learning little puzzles and then practicing them. Yeah, that's actually uh, that's actually something that I kind of recently thought about doing because... I hated maths when I was in school. I couldn't do it. I was yeah. so not a numbers person. Um, but, but anyone can do it. Yes, that's what that's what it seems like. Um, and I, I suppose recently I've kind of been more, well, recently the last maybe t- know, 10 years or so, I've been more interested in actually learning. You know, when you leave school, you actually get interested in it because mm-hmm. you're not forced to do it. And um, I was listening to that uh, Infinite Monkey page, <laughs> Infinite Monkey Cage <laughs> yeah, yeah. podcast, uh, which you've been a guest on a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. And they were talking about how, um, you know, equations aren't fun to learn and, and learning, you know, maths and like just, you know, rolling off things isn't fun. But if you learn why the equation came about or why the mathematician had to come up with it, mm. all of a sudden it's really interesting. Although I actually find like if you have to learn the proof of something, I find that a bit like, oh, who cares about the proof? Let's just do it. Yeah. What I like about it is they give you like a little tool right. and once you and you then practice using the tool, it's like being taught a word yeah. in another language yeah. and then you just get to have conversations with it. Yeah, that's, that's true. what I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you sort of you get to grips with it and then you just play with it and you like make up, you know, you answer all the questions and you sort of follow stuff through and it it very much is like you know, a skill that you're picking up. And That's I find true. that very therapeutic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose I just I just love the why of them, of things. Yeah, and it's fast. And that, that sounds really philistinic of me. <laughs> philistinic? Yeah, of me to be like, I don't give a shit about mathematics. Like, it's fascinating. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. But then I'm like, it should be about me and about what I'm making. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It's really interesting in the history of maths. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I, I know we're pretty much, you pretty much have to go. You have to go and do a show. I do. Um, but I just want to ask you about one more thing. Um which is that I think a lot of your shows were very political. Yeah. And 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 this newest show is 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 more close to your heart is closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To personal. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm gonna go see it now. <laughs> <laughs> With the full backing band. Yeah. <laughs> um but do you feel like is that something that maybe you were always gonna to get to or um did it just kind of happen because of personal situation? Or? I think it did just kind of 
it's just the way things played out because I did these three shows about politics mm. and for me though they're, they're kind of about politics in the UK and sort of specifically in England really and and it it was just that I didn't feel like anything had changed mm. in that last year I didn't feel like I had anything new to write about other than the fact that me and my friend have set up a charity but that's not a good premise for a stand-up show because it's either like we're such good people yeah <laughs> or it's like we're not as good people as you would want us to be you know it's never going to be an interesting mm. show and so I just felt like I could write another show that was like I feel angry and despairing about politics but then I get my hope back and I try and do something about it which is like but it would just be sort of more of the same whereas I really really did feel like the focal point of what was going on with my head and what I was trying to learn to do was to sort of move my life on and right. deal with my family stuff. And, right. Uh, uh, and so I kind of wanted to talk about that. It's been really interesting. Cool. And did you get any feedback from any of the key characters in the show? No, they haven't really seen it. And right. I, at the beginning, I think people were like, oh my God, they haven't seen it. <laughs> and now I'm like, yeah, but... You know, it's not really about them. It's right. about me. It's yeah. about just me. <laughs> but it's, um, like, it's it's not it's not it's not very much about them. And it's sort of it's just funny because like they haven't seen loads of my other shows either. You right, know, okay. so it wouldn't it doesn't really make sense that they would see this one. Do you think that you'd be? Do you think even even having said that, that maybe you'd be more nervous if they were there? Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. But it's just funny because like I um, it's a weird experience writing about things that you've, you know, being really honest about things that have genuinely happened and what you felt because it sort of drags you back into old feelings sometimes yeah. and you just never know which bit of the show is going to be really in your head the next day. Right. So it's kind of intense, but it's been really interesting and I like it. And I like the fact that, like, when people identify with it, it's a different kind of identification than with politics. And okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, I think we'll, we better leave it there. I better let oh, you go. thank you. Well, Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Um, and just as a separate thing, do you mind if we ask you to recommend a book? Oh, yeah. Well, I read a really great book, um, but I, I did already recommend it on a book reviewing show, but I fucking love it. And That's it's okay. called um, The Village Against the World, and it's by Dan Hancocks, and it's about a village in Spain that has a very charismatic mayor, and it's sort of run in a very utopian left-wing way okay. whereby they managed to appropriate land from the nearby aristocracy who were just wasting it and they um, uh, farm it for the collective good. And as a result, they're like the only sort of village in southern Spain, in that part of southern Spain that's kind of escaped the crash uh. and is sort of weathering austerity. Okay. It's really interesting and funny. And he talks about food a lot, which is really good. Okay, well. cool. That sounds great. Thanks very much. It's my pleasure. So that was episode two of the Headstuff podcast. That was Josie Long. Uh, first of all, I want to just absolutely thank Josie for coming on the show and taking the time to uh, to do that. Uh, she didn't have to. And um, I think it was a really nice little talk you've heard it what do yeah, you think I, I thoroughly enjoyed it by the way Mikey's still here um, hi um, uh, just to just to to ruin your showbiz bubble we're just recording the intro and the outro basically <laughs> at the same time this is five seconds later yeah <laughs> sorry uh, for ruining it <laughs> we, we uh, Alan recorded the podcast months ago weeks ago uh, like a couple of weeks ago yeah. months ago it's crazy time yeah. <laughs> um, so, so that was kind of like a tester we, yeah uh, I think it's probably better than the first one yeah, well, that's 
Not the, not, not the. That, that's not hard. <laughs> thank you very much. The intro and outro. I just, I was a little bit uncomfortable doing it on my own and talking to nobody. I didn't really know what to do. And I kept forgetting stuff, and then I started speeding up and slowing down <laughs> and changing my voice in really strange ways. This and is that all happened this time, but yes, I was here to probably. witness it. So. Well, let let us know what you think was better, the first way or the second way. Um, um, and I will take serious personal offence. Yes, is it like I'm here both times, so <laughs> I'm happy either way, really. Um, so. The end of the podcast, I should say that if you're not on iTunes, please go and, you know, rate us and subscribe. I, and yeah, subscribe is a good thing because then you get it into your phone and uh, and then it's good for us because we get a download and I it looks good. a horrible confession to make. Oh, you you didn't do it. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. Forgot. What the hell? I will, because I've heard the, po- I just, you, you sent me the first two podcasts, so I've already listened to them. I didn't need to go and find them. It's all, the you know this better one, than anything. Though, the next one, who I won't speak about, and I'm very excited about. The next one's pretty exciting. Uh, I will be all over that shit. Right. Um, well, you subscribe now when you go home. Yeah. You, you get your phone off airplane mode. And I got like eight gigabytes on my phone, so I subscribe to another podcast. They're only a few megabytes now. <laughs> <laughs> but this one is definitely worth it. Absolutely <laughs> worth it. Uh, yeah, and you know, if you comment and, and, sh- and share with your friends, if you can tell other people to listen to it, that really helps us a lot. We're also on SoundCloud. And on the website headstuff.org you can find it. So that's Are you on sure. the social medias? We're on the social medias. Um I like the what you're doing. Um we're on uh, Twitter at this headstuff and we're on Facebook forward slash the headstuff. But what about Bebo? We're on the Bebo. <laughs> find us on Bebo. We're probably headstuff and Bebo. Probably on your schnitzel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, don't look for us on Bebo. Um we're on the MySpace and the Friendster. We're I uh, know we're not we're not on any of those things. We are on LinkedIn, but who cares? Um, what, what, what else and you would like to thank uh, oh well so Adam's not here Adam Brennan uh, the admirable so Adam Brennan be thanking him. Um, because he will be chopping this into something that sounds good thanks Adam and thanks Adam um, if you can just bring the decimals on Mikey's voice up a little bit um, <laughs> add a bit of sex appeal if you could well uh, maybe take mine down a bit it's, it seems look at the blue <laughs> voice his, oh, that's just look at all that. women over the air look at Mikey's thin little voice and look at my big voice um, so <laughs> the admirable Adam Brennan thank you very much uh, for um, for being the producer of the podcast he also recorded the actual interview with Josie Long which is the main part of it um, I want to thank Alvin Walker who led us into this room and I'm still very excited very about cool it. room very cool room he's a very very nice guy and he's part of the ADK music group I believe he's the A of the ADK music group that would make a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense uh, with his brothers um, Kyle and Daryl ADK oh, well. AKD, AKD, whatever you want good remembering so I, I just that might be wrong but um, I reckon that's what they're doing there um, and it's the Westland Studios building so say it's Alan cool. who does that wonderful intro music to your podcast the, <laughs> very good question Michael <laughs> uh, that would be uh, Video Blue who is uh, Video Blue is a solo project of our great friend Jim O'Donoghue Martin God um, I love Jim O'Donoghue. you cannot not love Jim that's the thing about Jim. There's no way not to love him. Yep. And uh, he made that. He made the theme tune just for this. And um, I didn't pay him anything. So, uh, <laughs> but if you need him or something, you have to pay him. That's the rule. Uh, but he's great. So thank you, Video Blue, for the uh, theme tune. Uh, what else do I got to do? Well, you've got shop, I think. Maybe. Oh yes, I want to tell you about here. the shop. We have now a shop on Headstuff.org. We launched it the same night we launched the podcast. And what we've done is we have invited four wonderful young Irish artists and illustrators to sell their prints on headstuff.org. You can go to headstuff.org forward slash shop and you can see great work by Jacob Stack, Eva Byrne, Jesse Malone and Helena Grimes. And they're, it's re- they're all lovely prints. You've seen the prints. They are. I Gorgeous. And yeah. I love them. And they're cheap. They are. They're cheap. So go and buy some prints. And some of them are limited editions as well. So that's important. 
Um, I think all that's left to say is give us money. <laughs> hey, do you have money? <laughs> Mikey, yeah. you, do an advertising spiel. Guys, have you ever wondered? <laughs> have you ever been out there and thought, if only there was a website that had great content all the time? Have you ever thought that? An intelligent reader base, <laughs> uh, age 18 to 35 or something like that. Have you ever that? thought, what if there was a website with history, literature and science all together? Well, there is. Full of music humor in this. <laughs> Yes, there is. Uh, look, at the end of the day, you might not want to give us money, but if you do, we'll take it. Uh, we would love some. Yes. So, um, so you can send. You can get in touch with us at um, hello at headstuff.org. Yeah. Very original email address, and we like it. This um, is what we did with no money. Imagine what we could do with some money. With some money? <laughs> a fiver? Imagine. There's a donate button on the website. I uh, could be Sean Penn. Mikey <laughs> looks like Sean Penn. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know Mikey, he looks a lot like Sean Penn. He's about the same age. Uh, he's had the same amount of birthdays, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, way less Oscars, but um, way less achievements, basically, in life. But he looks very, very similar to Sean Penn, particularly around the ears. The ears are uncanny. Um, I think that's all for us here today. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the donate button on the website. If, if, you, if you've got a few quids and you want to buy us a, a bottle of water, um, our taps are broken, so just drop a few quid in the donate uh, button on the website. And um, thank you very much for listening. Thanks also to Josie Long, and thanks to Mikey for being here. Um, I think you made it slightly more comfortable. Slightly. Uh, so that was fun. An edge and of uncomfortable. I always have to thank Matt. Matt does so yes. much um, for Headstuff. Um, Matt's leaving us. He's, well, let's not talk about that. <laughs> he's a vital part of the team. And um, we love Matt. So thanks for everything. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week with a very, very exciting next see episode. See you next week. Will Mikey be here? It's up to you. Let us know if Mikey should be here next week. Okay, thank you very much and goodbye.